Welcome back to Trends in Low Places, a comedic exploration of the dumbest stories of the day. I am one of your hosts, Mike Cushing. And I am the Chimmy to his Jonga, Michael Howard. Nice. I knew this one. I, I don't have a response to it, but we're taste two tastes no, I can't. Mm. <laughs> two tastes that taste great together. Two, Chimmy and Chimmy two and Jonga. Two tastes that go to, it wouldn't be you wouldn't have anything if you just had one of those things. Like no. what's a Chimmy? No I one knows. Know. What's, what's a Chonga? No idea. Actually sounds racist when I just say it out loud and whoops. Yeah. Put it together though. Just real nice. Mm. Mm. Just delicious. Is it just a fried burrito with some nice like sweet sauce on top? You know, I I honestly don't know because there's like enchiladas, which are also kind of like fried mini burritos. And there's yeah. like flautas, which are also f- like rolled up fried burrito taco things. I just know Deadpool likes them. And yeah, I mean, you know, that's pretty good. So, I you know, what I like when I go to a Mexican place, I just kind of point to something on the menu and be like, yeah, I'll take that. And it comes out and I'm like, well, this isn't going to be bad. Yeah, it's got meat and cheese and fried tortilla. Great, I'm in. Thank you. Let's do this. Yeah. Michael, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty well. How about yeah. you? Oh, you know, I'm all right. Hearing a lot about inverted yield curves these days. Oh, and yeah. That that means something, I hear. The indicators. Yeah. The, they're indicating. And they're trending. Things. Oh, I know, yeah. I know that much. Mm. Doom and gloom, I say. That's what I'm hearing out well, on the Well, apparently, streets. the last time that this indicator indicated mm-hmm. it uh a recession happened two years later so it's a Man, good indicator that's i've been that's indicating <laughs> to me something bad hearing a lot about china too mm, yep they're up to no good again up to their old ways i knew that well well michael good thing this podcast will keep us afloat financially for the next two <laughs> years and beyond <laughs> no see the recession's not gonna happen for two years we have two years to monetize this podcast right and become podcast juggernauts reliant on the friendly donations of people in a booming economy oh no oh, no <laughs> no it. disposable income shit oh well, man i guess we'll have to start smuggling pigs even i speaking of which did, did you want to segue into that story that simply because i don't know it was just that was the story that was up in the window and i looked over and there it was you know michael if i had to say i would say if there was ever a victimless crime in this world it's smuggling danish pig semen into australia like really who's who gets hurt from this the i mean not the pigs i don't think yeah actually i i can see so the headline says pig semen the body copy says boar semen Mm, which is okay distinctly different that's so two pig farmers western australia jailed for three years after being convicted for illegally importing danish pig semen boar semen concealed in shampoo bottles pulling a classic uh cruise ship uh, yeah, yeah alcohol on a cruise ship move do you think they cleaned out the shampoo bottles enough you gotta like hope. soapy semen i mean you gotta hope they did because i mean i'll say this i know that if you don't rinse your shampoo bottle out three to four times at least at least it's your vodka is your shitty vodka that you can afford on your college salary um, is going to taste like Dawn. It's kind of like a minty flavor to it. It's pretty bad. A lot of herbal essences on that cruise we went on in, in yeah. college. And a lot um, of diarrhea. A lot Because if you it. eat soap, if you eat soap, you will have diarrhea. That's just a given. I, I did. I, so looking back on that cruise, and I think a couple of our listeners were probably on that cruise. Um, it was fun that you could kind of tell like 
whose shampoo bottles were gonna taste like shampoo. Like there are a couple people that you could tell just like you yeah, I don't know, guess. I got a fifth of Seagram's gin that I I don't know, I, I rinsed this out under a cold tap. <laughs> Once. Man, we we spent probably a six, seven hours uh running our, our bottles through dishwashers, hot water. Yeah. Um so I mean like me and Rachel were not we weren't playing. No. We had clean, clean bottles. Of yeah, I, I I, went to town on mine. Uh, right. I didn't really, I don't know why everyone kind of landed. I guess I do because it's invisible, like it's opaque, but um, everyone kind of landed on the shampoo bottles. And I think one one genius among us, clearly a Rhodes Scholar at University of Florida, did uh, a bottle of Listerine. But that it's just clear. Seems like it, yeah, but you could just drop some food coloring in there. And like, yep, it's minty fresh. Thank I you. I guess that's true. And, yeah. and if you opened it, it would smell like alcohol because mm-hmm. it's got alcohol Thank in it. Thank you for checking my Listerine. Yeah, that's. Uh, let me switch that over in my mouth. Oh, I drank it down. Oopsie. Thank you. <laughs> oh, I have to go to the cruise ship hospital, which is on the boat past customs. Bye. Bye. A couple people tried the uh, the old water bottle trick where you take out the very middle water bottle out of the 24 pack and you fill it. And they caught that in a hurry. I mean, I feel like you have to put the bare minimum of effort. It was like, I feel like if... Cruise ships must know that every shampoo bottle coming onto this ship is booze at this point. They so, must be keen to that. But like, at least you tried and you might be giving yourself diarrhea, which if anything, cruise ships want more diarrhea on them. That's the one thing I know about cruise ships. Yes. The level of diarrhea must always go up on as the cruise goes further and further <laughs> from shore. That's what they need to have legally. So back to the pig semen, boar yep, semen. Yep, yep, uh, um, yep. Three years. So we talked about the just outsized penalty in Texas for cheating in a fishing tournament. Right. This seems to be worse. Oh, I mean, it is uh, breaching quarantine and biosecurity laws, which I mean, I, I know like well, if you bring a bad. dog somewhere, yeah. they're going to. And like Michael, you and I were you just don't go to talking prison to- for that, though. No, but you have to put your dog into dog prison for six months <laughs> just to make sure they're cool and not carrying like. I don't know, worms. Um, but like you, you and I were just talking about our friend Oded down in South Florida killing every iguana he sees because he's been do like deputized by the state to shoot them in the head with an airsoft rifle. Yes. And he's doing it to defend his homestead. And you have to, man. They're they're an invasive species. Um, sure. And he does send me pictures of every single kill he bags because he's Oded. So Rachel was a little bit kind of taken aback by this situation of the uh, the killing of the iguanas. Yeah. Until he told her that uh, they were stealing the mangoes, the fresh mangoes, and then she was 100% on board. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Oh, they're taking the mangoes? They're taking your homegrown produce? Fuck those Not iguanas. on my watch. No, thank you. Fuck them. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad it, that's what it takes for Rachel to come around on killing a semi-intelligent life form. Come on, come on! They're not. They're not supposed to be there. They're not supposed. To, I mean, yeah. Listen, yeah, Michael. If you came into my house uninvited, I get to shoot you in the face with an airsoft rifle. That's the rules. It's Everyone Flo- knows. I mean, it's Florida. That's true. Um, I will say, uh, in terms of the penalty, so this article from the Guardian is undersells us a little bit. So again, leading with pig semen twice, and then third paragraph buried the lead. That okay, wild boar semen. Great. Um, Illegally imported from Denmark, quote, multiple times between May 2009 and March 2017. So this was an eight-year, almost, yeah, eight-year operation. Wow. And, like, the fact that they can't give me more than multiple times, I was like, 
how much pig goo did they bring into this country? Okay, so he says that they they're breaching biosecurity laws to gain an unfair breeding advantage. What do Danish is Danish pig semen like more potent? Like, are they better suited for Western Australia? Like, how would how would bringing pig semen in from a different country give you an unfair breeding advantage? Like, wouldn't it be easier to just get the semen from the pigs that are already there? Michael, I'm on a site called Swine Genetics International trying to track down <laughs> if there is a worldwide leader in pig semen. Um, and let me see. So they have three categories of boars. One is commercial boars. One is frozen boars, semen. The other is show pig. <laughs> so obviously okay. I'm clicking it on show pig. Yeah. I need to know which which pigs are best. This is yielding no results, and this is great radio. Pigs, best. I'm also seeing uh man. So on a uh, on a news site now, Michael, called pigprogress.net. Um, <laughs> and seeing an you article fall, here. You're falling down the pig hole now. Yeah, I'm deep up in this pig hole. Um, so apparently, um, this is from uh, December 6, 2008. Um, Danish pig farmers are facing some difficult times. Um, <laughs> which has become clear at the... Sveina Congress, ah, a Danish Sveina Congress Congress. held in Herning, Denmark. <laughs> the Sveina Congress, obviously. Which I believe just translate to pig, translate to pig parliament. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, yep. get, I get why Western Australia, why Australian authorities would not want you to bring in Danish pig semen. What I cannot figure out is why a company in Australia would want to bring in Danish pig semen. This I mean, is I'm, not... This is not included in the story. And listen, I can't track it down, but I'm guessing that with so much written about the Danish uh, swine industry, I think they are just some good, strong Anglo-Saxon pigs. Mm -hmm. They have Viking heritage. They're they're stronger. They're faster. They have better facial hair, Mm -hmm. um, as we all know. That's a good point. Hold on. I got to click on (laughs) DanishPigAcademy.com. One second. If I ever go to Denmark, I'm just going to come <laughs> be like, so how about them pigs, though? Yeah. So actually, we have a listener, uh, one, of my, uh, one of my former bosses, uh, currently lives uh, overseas in the Netherlands, not in uh, not in Denmark. But um, you know who you are. Same if you're place. listening, I know you travel to uh, Scandinavia quite a bit. Can you suss out what the Danish pig situation is and get back to us? Because it seems like they're pretty good. but um, It seems like they're great, uh, supposedly. But like, you know, I... When I was in Europe, when I was in Amsterdam, no one was trying to feed me Danish pork. I mean, maybe they were, and they were just so like, we just know it's the best. So they're just like, here's the good pig. Don't even, don't even bother asking. Of course, of course, it's the good pig. Um, but yeah, Michael, all in all, I would say an eight-year grift bringing in, I don't know, probably vats and vats of this Danish pig, pig jizz um, in clear violation of the Sveina Congress. Um is pretty lenient sentence when you really get down to That's it. That's true. I mean, you're running an eight-year grift, millions of dollars. I mean, there is, like, pigs do carry diseases. Sure. And most um, of them are sexually transmitted. We all know that. Like, if you don't cook pork to a certain temperature, you get pig chlamydia. Yeah, that is true. Sorry. <laughs> I don't even know where it <laughs> But, like, the semen itself... Breeding a pig from the semen is not what would give you the 
diseases that pigs have. Like swine fever is not like is it spread through the pig semen? Probably. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Sorry, I am trying to find where the best pigs in the world are. <laughs> Obviously in America. I mean, you'd think those big hogs coming from the the Midwest, just corn fed boys. I mean, there's just 30 to 50 of them every five minutes. Just running wild. I mean, J- Japan's got Wagyu beef. Obviously. Obviously. Is yeah. is Danish pork up to such a snuff where it's like... It's like the Wagyu beef of pork. Yeah. The good pig. Give me the good pig. So the Danish pig industry is among the world's leaders in areas such as breeding quality, food safety, animal welfare, and traceability. This is the reason why Denmark is among, is among the world's largest pig meat exporters. Wow. So, so I mean... You learn something new every day. Yeah. Listen, I've learned a lot, and I have a I clearly have a lot of reading left to do because there are at least just at a glance five thousand pig sites for like just Danish pig sites. So, if I ever go to Denmark, I'm definitely going to the Schweine Congress, though. Mm-hmm. It's a, sure. well, Michael. It's coming up. It's October twenty third and twenty fourth. Oh man, yeah. Um, also, our Danish pigs' best yields, if you Google search that, yields uh, four point six million results. So. Again, a lot to learn about Danish pigs. Something is rotten in Denmark's pig industry. <laughs> Every day, 35,000 live pigs roll over Denmark's border into Germany. And I don't know what happens from there, but probably nothing good. They could turn in the sausages, I assume. I would assume. I would assume so. That know. is true. The Germans do have sausage, just tons of sausages. I don't. Here's the question, though. Why would you spend eight years importing semen in your like in your check on like in your, in your carry on bag? Um, rather than just buying a fucking pig, just buy the dang thing. It's a lot harder to get a pig, a Danish pig, into Australia. Like, that would show up in customs, I feel like. Right, but all you'd have to do, I, I assume it's very similar, like, to dog rules. The pig goes to pig jail for six to eight months, makes sure he's a cool pig, and then he gets out on good behavior, and then you know he doesn't have, whoa, here's the, here's the thing. The Danish pig industry accounts for 57% of the total live hog pig exports to the EU countries. It is the main source for the spread of MRSA across the European Union. Oh, shit. These nasty fucking pigs. I hate these things. Once again, this is why I could see Australia not wanting you to bring it in, but I still don't understand why. Why you're bringing it in in the first place. I mean, maybe that's the thing. Maybe they're trying to. So apparently it only took eight years for the Danish pig industry to go from no infected farms to nearly 100 percent of farms being infected by pig MRSA. So maybe they're just trying to rescue the noble Danish pig and bring it to Australia where there's I I guess they're just trying to get all the good jizz out before all the pigs are gone. (laughs) All the good pig jizz. Yeah. Into Australia. Yeah. Because uh, apparently this final Congress isn't doing anything. Gridlock, just yeah, like every Congress. Pig apocalypse is coming, God. and the Schweine Congress is just fucking doing nothing. Sitting there. Politicians, Fat. am I right? Cap- capitalist pigs. Um, well, Michael, what else you got going on for me this week, buddy? So, we gotta go, we gotta go way, way back. Episode we six. Back? We're going, okay, well, I feel like I need to, I need to introduce this one. All right. I'll let, I'll let you do the honors. Thank you. Um, so, Michael, a couple, uh, probably two weeks ago, uh, friend of the show and a good friend from uh, from Gainesville, my friend Peter, flagged this story for me that vindicates me. Michael, could, Michael, you you might remember the early days of this show. We were playing fast and loose. We were, you know, we didn't do any research. We just 
any any idea that came to our head as opposed to now yeah no yeah now when we are a well-oiled machine well-oiled machine talking about pig dicks left and right michael i i made a verbal gaffe in episode a verbal gaffe yeah uh, a brain gaffe? It was very uh, kind of Joe Biden-esque. Just a, a harmless, just kind of idiocy that doesn't hurt anybody, um, rooted in just, you know, a complete disregard for the world around you whatsoever. And um, science. Yeah. And nature. Michael, you re- you might remember that episode opens, one of our finer ones, early early days, episode six. One of my um, favorites still. Of, yeah. So we open the episode talking about all-star remixes. All-star yep. by Smash Mouth, obviously, as as... We all do. We played a uh, lot of All-Star in that one, if I remember correctly. Yeah, and then I made some mention about, um, I don't know, like a bone in your penis breaking? Uh, yeah, it was offhand. I, I forget exactly how it came up. But um, I didn't know there was no bone in the penis. Um, you didn't. You didn't yeah. know that the penis, in fact, was not a bone. Yeah. Well, I still don't understand. Like, did you think when a penis goes from soft to hard that the that the bone is, like, hidden inside the pelvis and then it comes out? First of all, to, Michael, to make your penis hard. Also, unlike now in today's professional society, and you know we're we're professional podcast boys. Um, I was drinking a lot during that episode. <laughs> unlike now, where I have two bourbons next to me. Um, so I mean, it was just a slip of the tongue, you know, just a, a real a real verbal gaff, slip of the bone, slip of the bone. Um, so I mean, sure, I knew penises don't have bones. Did you? Sure, <laughs> um, <laughs> but. Back to the present day. Article. X-ray after a fall reveals the peculiar condition suffered by man, age 63. Michael, would you care? Would you care to tell the people, the good people of this show and the world, what happened to this man? Man's penis, quote, turning to bone after reporting to emergency room with knee pain. So apparently his penis is slowly solidifying and turning to bone. Mm-hmm. But it's leaving doctors scratching their heads because, yeah, scratching their dickhead. Their Michael one. J. Cushing is the only person in the world who knew that this was a possibility. Not only a possibility, we're all we all have the the capabilities inside of us <laughs> for bone cells to start growing inside your penis. It was inside of us all along, X Men style, the worst Wolverine. <laughs> that really would be the worst X Men. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just bone dick. That's that's one of those things. Like, and I get it. Like, I can turn my dick to bone. Cool, man. Uh, you can you can stay at the mansion. Like, don't you know? Just hang out and play Xbox. You're fine. We don't need you on this mission. You're good, bud. The bizarre medical phenomenon started when the 63 year old man fell on his bum and presented to an emergency room with knee pain, which. I have so many questions about how you fall on your ass and then go to the emergency room mm-hmm. for knee pain. Well, because of all the the uh, dick bone charts that flew down <laughs> down his leg, because he got hollow legs, obviously, and uh, just settled down in his in his leg pit. The diagnosis of penile <laughs> ossification along the entire penile shaft was suspected. S- suspected. See again, a common occurrence. If they were like, hmm, I bet this guy's got bone dick. <laughs> Less than 40 cases uh, have been reported worldwide. So mm-hmm. this is like a Pretty medical rare. marvel. Yeah. Or or just the tip of the penisberg. 
just the the, the X Men are right around the corner. Yeah, I mean, like th- this is the problem with the world, right? Mm-hmm. Like in in fantasy, we get people who have weird medical conditions that cause them to be like Daredevil, yeah, or Wolverine, or Cyclops, or some shit, right? In in, in real life, this hellscape that we live in, your penis turns into a bone, and that's about it. You get penile ossification, yeah. Which, yeah, sure, very bad for this guy and the 39 other men that this has happened to, but pretty good for me because I am fully All vindicated. All right, okay, sexist. Dicks are in bones. Like I said, what I just said. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, Michael, that's one of those things. It's like, you never, they never make the comics about, like, sure, there there are X-Men storylines like, oh, back in 40,000 BC when, like, X-Men roamed the Earth and they were really cool and gods are like, okay, but really... The precursors to the cool X-Men, like Wolverine and Professor like, to get a Professor X and a Magneto, you need to have five guys with, like, dick fingers. Or people with, like, bones coming out of their buttholes. Like, that's, those are the, the first mutants. And then you're like, all right, yeah, we got through that. Now we're really cooking with gas. Yeah, the Mutations X-Men universe cool doesn't, they don't really go into the really bad ones. I mean, it's kind of, I mean, like, it's like kind of like evolution. The first couple fish that were trying to figure out how to get up on land must have been absolute horror shows. <laughs> Just real nasty boys. <laughs> like, the reason you'd never find, like, the bones of, like, the missing link was because it was too much of a horror show for both species to tolerate. They're like, actually, we are going to just destroy you down to the dust, my friend. <laughs> Thanks for getting us here. Yeah. And leaving us behind because mm. neither one of us wants you, my friend. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> we all we like to think of it as being like, oh, the missing link would be like some kind of like perfect amalgamation of like human and ape. And we're like. No, though that would it would be yeah an absolute horror show of a, of a being. Yeah, it was an ape who also had a head coming out of its butthole too. It's like no, actually, fine without you. Uh, you're missing for a reason because we erased you from the record. <laughs> we did future generations a huge favor by just being like I don't know, God did it. Fuck you. <laughs> I don't know. We just went from that to that. You don't need to. You don't need to know what happened in between. No one wants to know how the sausage is made. Yeah. The prehistoric sausage, especially. Uh, no thanks, actually. Um, we're all fine. No, we're we're good. The important thing is, I was right. You were you were not a hundred percent wrong. I'll give you that. Mm-hmm. Forty people in this world of three and a half billion men mm-hmm. do indeed have a bone-like penis. A slowly, a slowly ossifying. A penis. slowly, very slowly ossifying penis. Which you know, on a long enough timeline, you're getting sort of some pretty serious boner stuff. You're just, you're just. <laughs> then it doesn't matter how many doctors you call if your erection lasts more than four hours, because it's just sorry. That's we can't do much for you, bud. Did you Take think a- that they had a bone in it just because they were called boners? No, I'm not. I'm not that stupid. I was going to make a funny Dremel joke about uh, about the penis bone. The doctor's taking a Dremel to it, but... Yeah. Hey, you speaking know, Michael, of penises... Yeah, go ahead. Uh, this is going to be an all-dongs one, huh? I mean, only because, of, one, we had to talk about that story because vindication. Yeah. F- for the Kush Squad. Yep. Um, And then we have to talk about this one because it's the funniest fucking thing I've ever read. Oh, good. Deceased's missing penis sparks rampage 
mm-hmm. in which angry mourners torch three houses. So uh, a 69-year-old man died. Uh-huh. Uh, his family discovered that his private parts were missing. We'll get into how? exactly how. Okay, good. I, that, I had so many questions. Once they discovered his private parts were missing, it sparked a vigilante attack during which they burnt down three houses, one belonging to a man who they believed to be the suspect, and those of two of his employees. You know what? It's The ones that get me are the employees' houses. Like why, like, why drag them into this? I mean, maybe the guy was like, hey, get that dead guy stung. Yeah, but sure. I mean, there's, like, he was still like if you worked for one of Donald Trump's many failed businesses previously uh, and then the government was like, he's fine. But guess what? Yeah, I get to burn your house down because he went bankrupt. <laughs> I mean, if we if we went after the people who were carrying out the terrible deeds of the people above them as hard. I mean, that's fair. Like, you know, maybe maybe they'd be less likely to, to just be like, oh, just following orders when he told me to take that dick. <laughs> Listen, sure, I chopped his dick off, but my boss said so, so. Told me to. So, the first thing was like, okay, how did they figure this out? Because it was like, they specifically said it was during the funeral. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, there's not a normal part of the funeral where you do the, you know, the post-mortem dick inspection. Well, it's kind of, you know, open casket. You want to say goodbye to your, belo- your like, loved one. So, you know, you want to see you want to see their face. You want to see them dressed up in a nice suit with their dick poking out through their tuxedo <laughs> pants. And they got up there and they're like, hey, why why is his dick not poking out through his tuxedo pants? Yeah. So, uh, sorry, I asked for this body to be staged in a very specific way. And then they were rummaged around in there and there was nothing there. A rampage, Kush. This is, so, the weird part, so, hold on a second. So, the, okay, first of all, he was believed to have died in a hit and run on August 3rd, but family members now believe he was the victim of a ritual killing. We should mention this is in, uh, Sawatan, uh, where is, sorry. Hold on, this is in South Africa. Okay. Um, so, they believe he was a victim of a ritual killing, and then that his body was thrown to the road to create the appearance that he'd been hit by a car. And then at the funeral, they were inspecting his body and discovered that the body parts were missing. They <laughs> could be more. Um, so apparently, like, but the policeman at the local police station they interviewed said that they did a postmortem and they were and like, no, all the body parts were there. So sometime between the autopsy. So he was ritually killed. They left his dick on. Yes. And then somewhere between the autopsy and the <laughs> funeral, people were like, ah, better check. I want to double check that uh, that coroner's work. And I'm like, hm, yep, dick's gone. I knew it. So like I've I've heard I've heard of people I've heard of coroners or you know funeral home uh, morticians stealing you know rings or jewelry or whatever like that's that's something that shitty people do selling someone's mom to the air force to be strapped to a chair <laughs> exactly. and blown up short yeah, everyone everyone um, knows but once again like this is kind of like the the importing the semen thing like I do not understand the end game for for this crime. Like, is it a crime of passion? It was like, it a clearly. meditated crime? Clearly. Or you were just some getting ready for some dark ritual, and the last ingredient you needed was uh, the dick of a 69-year-old man. Nice. Nice. <laughs> the last 4.2 inches of the 69-year-old man's penis. <laughs> nice. <clears throat> yeah, Michael, I, don't, I have no answers for you. I'll say they that They burnt much. down three houses in response to this. Uh, uh, listen, Michael, I, you know, actually, you know what? Here's the thing. 
We've talked a little bit before about what I want done to me and for me after my death. Exactly. Obviously, play drinking games, make my mom drink with you, um, strap my body to a rocket, send me over to Jupiter, whatever the fuck. Something cool. Make my body something cool. Yep. I will say, if any part of my body has been desecrated without my permission, my ex- and per my explicit instructions, mm-hmm. if someone gets a step wrong and I don't you know, get strapped to a moving car and jumped over like the Grand Canyon... If someone fucks that up, I do want you to burn someone's house down because they were responsible for something that went wrong. Right. One house. Listen, three houses seems excessive. Listen, uh, Michael, to your point now, I'm into it. If they were complicit in any level of failure of how to treat my body, like how to appropriately desecrate my body. Yeah, sorry. You can't your fucking house burnt down. So uh, have you seen the new movie Scary Stories to Tell in Dark? No. Do you remember? I remember the show. The show. Yeah. And, well, no. There was no show. Whatever the fuck it was. The books. Yes, yes. So there's one particular one where um, the the dead person, like, is missing a toe or some shit. And the whole thing is like, where is, who has my toe? Do you think that, like, this dude is going to come back and haunt these people who stole his penis? I mean, if again, if there was any reason to come back and haunt someone, it was for stealing my dick. Like, you know what? Actually, fuck you. You don't get to live peacefully from now on. I'm sorry. I mean, you don't need it anymore, though. Yeah, I don't need it. But like, if I ha- if I needed if I needed a reason to haunt you, that's a good point. It's like, yeah, fuck it. Well, you know what? Listen, you clear had no respect for me, so I'm gonna I'm gonna you're not, you're never gonna sleep again. Sorry, <laughs> Michael. I don't think I've told you about um. Because this reminds me, um, I don't think I've told you about my uh, elementary school uh, like book fair rules. Your uh, your Christian elementary school book fair yeah. rules. So we always had, um, you know, like you had the book fair come every, you know, probably once a half a year or whatever. They can't call them semester or whatever. Um, and I remember seeing scary stories tell in the dark. I remember seeing goosebumps, and I was never able to read any of them because. You know, hyper conservative upbringing. Um, Obviously, wasn't allowed to read anything that was uh, demonic or satanic, uh, which scary stories to tell in the dark were definitely in that. Both. So definitely I remember both. being aware of these and uh, never being able to read them. Um, and I think so. I think the first R.L. Stein book I ever got to read because it wasn't explicitly a Goosebumps book was The Beast. Um, which was, I guess, a commercial tie-in for the Beast roller coaster at, like, King's Island. What? <laughs> the legendary roller coaster. So it's about, like, the Beast and, like, the Son of the Beast or the Beast Returns or whatever the fuck. They're about, he also... You were allowed yeah. to read something called the Beast, which is, like, specifically called out as a bad thing in the Bible. Right, but it just had, like, big bear claws with handcuffs on them and two kids on a roller coaster. So, like, it was And wasn't... 666 tattooed on its belly that you couldn't see. Yeah, right, and, all, and both of the kids were um, very clearly making the sign of the beast. Like, you know, just like that. Um, yeah, so I was ready. He was, I was pounding able monster to re- energy drinks. Yeah, oh, God, we need to talk about that, too. Uh, so I was able to read this, and I remember, like, there's, like, hell yeah. And then, like, looking back now... I can't believe that R.L. Stein got away with writing just like a promo tie-in for a roller coaster. It was a similar time back then. Yeah. Like, cool that he made a career. So, I mean, mostly I was stuck with, like, 
boxcar children and the Hardy Boys. But I, re- I remember being so just pumped that like I was not able to read Goosebumps. My mom wasn't paying attention to who actually wrote the book, and it didn't say Goosebumps on it, so I got to take it home. Mm. But I was not allowed to read scary stories until in the dark, which is good because I'm a big Freddy cat. Yeah, well, it's probably why you're a big Freddy cat. I wasn't exposed to it early. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, you you were going somewhere though. I assume <laughs> before I derailed you with my childhood books. <laughs> I was just asking if he would haunt people and say, "Who has my dick?" Though. Oh, yeah, I would. Worth that dick though. <laughs> hey, what you doing with my dick though? <laughs> Don't need to burn down another house because I will. Hey, speaking of meats. And near meats. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's now August. Yeah. We are coming up on... Or as I call it, the sweat zone. The sweat zone. <laughs> it's so fucking hot, Michael. It's been beautiful here. It is... Fuck you. It, you know what? It's... We're very close to fall, though. You know what happens in fall? My ball stops sweating nonstop. <laughs> Not in Atlanta. That's, that's a year-round. Yeah. That's, that's year-round, buddy. Damn. Uh... So we got we got college football, mm-hmm. you know we got the cooler weather, sweaters, but also pumpkin spice. Oh baby, it's back! Basic basic bitch season. Basic bitch season, and you know what? I like pumpkin spice. I'm not gonna lie, um, but yeah, nothing wrong with it. One company in particular has decided to join the fun this year. Okay, our friends, at, our friends at Spam. <laughs> The pum- no. Michael, pumpkin, no. pumpkin spice spam no. and I, we've talked before you no. have you have mentioned how you michael. are a connoisseur michael no I of can't. spam and spam related products i can't do it so michael no i'm sorry the rules state the rules of this podcast state that you must now eat pumpkin spice spam I already I've, I've already eaten spam once for the show and it was so bad and that was normal spam. Michael, I can't do it. Again. I no. You have you have a little over a month to prepare. September 23rd is when this will hit the shelves. So you have a month. You have a little over a month to prepare for this. No, Michael, I honestly Prepare I your swear, mind, body and soul. Michael, for, I swear to god I'd rather suck off a Danish pig <laughs> and fly to Australia with it in my mouth. <laughs> That is exactly where the pumpkin spice spam comes from. Danish pigs. Oh, boy. Oh, man. Michael, I can't. It's available online. You don't even have to go to the store, man. Michael, I know I was just talking about the horrors of my childhood and not being able to read the cool books with all the cool kids. But part of that, too, was I had to eat spam as a kid because I wasn't one of the cool kids. (laughs) (laughs) That's what they they made me do it. I was like, like, eat spam, nerd. Michael, I don't know if I can do I can't. Also, this this article talks about how Dunkin' Donuts is going to roll out its fall menu on August 21st. Fuck how off. How dare you? Fuck uh, No, off. if it's still 90 plus degrees out in 85% of the country, you're not allowed to roll out your fall menu. I'm sorry. A fall menu in August? Like, it's barely... We, we just started summer. Yeah. Fall technically doesn't even start till September 21st. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, I'm sorry. August 24th is egregious. It's just, you, it's just wrong. That's, I mean, that's the day college football starts. Yeah, which is, I guess, objectively the start of fall for most people. But like, you still got another another month and a half. I'm sorry, you can't do it. Michael, you're gonna make me eat this shit. <laughs> I'm gonna try it with you. We're oh, both, oh, we're both cool. gonna. We're gonna order this. We're gonna eat it. We're gonna eat it. 
while staring into each other's eyes over the over the, the the Skype here. Okay, we should live stream that one. Um, I think first you should have to taste regular good spam, s- real spam. I almost said good spam, but that's not <laughs> spam. The OG spam. The the OG spam. I feel like you need to. I feel like you need to taste what you're what they're building on. Really get a taste for the old girl, you know, <laughs> just to know it's different. Mm-hmm. Why pumpkin spice spam? Out of all of the things that that spam could have jumped in on from a, a cultural zeitgeist thing, like why why pumpkin spice? I mean, I feel like if any, I mean, I you know what? Here's why: to make idiots like, ding dongs like me and you eat it. <laughs> You're like, no, I'm gonna eat this as a joke. Spam's cool. What's next? Huh? Peep peep spam. You know what? And here's the thing, because I've. Pumpkin spice is not that far off from like cinnamon and like allspice, generally speaking, which is very allspice is very good on pork tenderloin. And if if spam was a pork tenderloin, I'm sure this would taste very good. But spam is not pork tenderloin; it's pulverized pig butts, um, just well, mashed up with so, pig dicks. You know, one of the one of the beauties of the sous vide cooking style is that you can buy like ground chuck. And mm-hmm. it turns into a tasty, a tasty burger. You can buy like the the shittiest like steak, and you can yep. make it like a nice tender, juicy steak. Will it sous vide? Will spam sous vide? Also, will it deep fry? Uh, I mean, hundred percent spam will deep fry. You can't even yes. And why has that not been an option at one of these fairs? Like they deep fry butter. Oh boy. Um. Michael, I gotta say, so um, our Danish pigs best uh, had 4.65 million uh, search results on Google. Sous vide spam has 6.4 million. Oh yes, including homemade spam sous vide. <laughs> Did you say homemade spam? Mm-hmm. Okay, there's no way that that is more economical than just buying a buying can of spam. a can of a can of spam. I just feel like it's like a, you're just, spam is so pure. It's like spam. It's always been spam. It has always looked exactly the same. It is, it, it is, it, it is a constant. Yeah. And then you're just going to, you're just going to go and throw pumpkin spice in it. Who are you just trying to get to eat this? We just said it was basic bitch season for pumpkin spice. <laughs> and I am considering myself a basic bitch in this because I will eat a pumpkin spice donut like it is my job. Like I don't know if we've talked about this, but there are um, 21 flavors of Pringles mm-hmm. in the world. That's you it. Guess how many flavors of Spam there are. There are planet. other flavors of Spam. Throw out a number. I didn't know there. I was. I would have said one before this, two with pumpkin spice. But now that you're asking, I'm going to say five. Fifteen and counting as of what? March 2018, my man. Are you shitting me? I have never. Do they sell these in stores? Probably. Spam teriyaki, spam with real Hormel bacon, spam chorizo, spam hot and spicy, spam oven roasted turkey, barf, 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 <laughs> spam hickory smoke, spam garlic, <laughs> just spam garlic. Spam bacon. Spam musubi, which is, oh, uh, I guess a sushi roll made of spam. That's not, that's just a recipe. Um, okay, so they just listed as some of these. There's spam light, there's spam 25% less sodium, there's hickory smoke spam. Um. Yeah. This is. Uh, well, man, to- I was I was wrong. Apparently, to- spam is to- not Chino spam. Spam seasoning. has been in the game for a long time. 
I mean, it's been around for a very long time, but God damn, there's so much spam. <laughs> I, Michael, I don't. Apparently, it's it's huge in Hawaii. They just love it. I did, yeah, I did know that. They like eat it with pineapples and shit. Yeah, I don't want to knock it, but I also don't want to eat it. There's jalapeno, black pepper. I might try uh, try some trees at the spam though. I probably will fuck with it. God damn. <laughs> I like. If I, if I, if I did college over again, I'm, I'd probably eat more spam. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's less, less ramen, more spam. Or just put your, put some spam in ramen. Now you're cooking with fire. Um, I will say you could not pay me enough money. There's no price in the world that you could pay me to eat the roasted turkey spam. (laughs) Like absolutely, absolutely. That, that's the worst one to you? Yes. Because huh. because spam, I'm just like, okay. First of all, I know the price of turkey. Like I can just go and get a pound of that bad boy for like nine ninety nine. I'm good with that. I know what I'm getting. It's fine. It's just that good white that good white bird. Um, in a can for two ninety nine. I know I know what spam is, and it again it is just pulverized mashed up like pig butts with glue in it. <laughs> And no matter how hard they try to tell me it's 100% roasted <laughs> turkey, I don't want to know what part of the turkey is going into that. <laughs> I assume it's the brains. <laughs> Spam is a uh, Hormel, which is based in Minnesota. I did not know that. Hmm. Right up the road, bud. Go hmm. get it. Uh, apparently, it gained popularity after its use during World War II. Yeah. Cheap <laughs> serving temperature, ideally hot, ideally sometimes hot. cold. Not necessary though. It's fine. <laughs> There's Portuguese sausage spam, spam with cheese, mm. mezclita spam. Mm. So there are single serving pouches, just okay. ready to go right out the can. Here's the thing: I, I started this story just thinking I was going to make you try pumpkin spice spam. Mm-hmm. But now, now I have. Oh man, what have I done to myself? Now we have we a can of spam a week until the end of the year. I think we can't be that podcast, <laughs> Michael. No, <laughs> no, no, no. This has nothing to do with the podcast. I just, I'm very curious what happens to you after you. <laughs> what happens to a, an actual? What happens to a human after they eat a can su- of spam a week? Super spam me. The Michael Cushing story. <laughs> I mean, it's probably keto. It is 100% keto. Spam nutrition. The jalapeno spam has a little cartoon jalapeno in knight's armor holding up a sword and it says, glorious spam. (laughs) Now I want to eat it. Uh, Yeah, Michael. Well, hold on. A single can of spam, at least jalapeno spam, has 12 grams of, of carbs in it, which is not not keto. For a full can for Din Din's. That's half my daily allotment. I'm fine. You're going to eat a whole... Ca- Wait, like one can for Din Din? I mean, that's... T- Michael, I got to hit my macros. It's 42 <laughs> grams of protein. One, it's a, one lot, two, it's a lot of fat, my man. <laughs> Holy shit. You could not eat an entire can because one two-ounce serving is 32% of your sodium and a can is 12 ounces. So that means you have 200% of your daily sodium if you eat an entire can of Spam. Challenge accepted. Here we go. <laughs> so, well, 
as one of the most polarizing foods on the planet, people tend to have a strong opinion when it comes to spam. While some love it for its distinct flavor and versatility, others dismiss it as an unappetizing mystery meat. Michael, that actually checks out. Who are the people who love it? Uh, So that actually checks out because uh, the jalapeno spam, for some reason, the spam company, Hormel, has decided that they should include um, ratings and reviews on their product listing pages for each of the varieties of spam. Um, The jalapeno spam, you might be interested to know, has a 4.6 rating with 20 reviews, 15 five stars. Love it. Um, The people are just into it. One one one-star review. One star review is, I would never buy this. I tasted a small piece of it, regretted it, and spitted it right out. (laughs) It was utterly awful. So I'm pretty bad with meeting new people because I'm not Mm -hmm. really, I'm not good at small talk. I'm not really sure what to say other than be like, oh, where do you work? Yeah. I think I might just start asking people if they like spam because I really do want to meet a single person who is like, yeah, no, I love it because I don't think they exist. I okay, think they're so liars. Michael, I think I think it's uh, I think they're they're just they're just if you will uh spamming the reviews for spam. Nailed it. Got them. Mm-hmm. Um so I will say that first of all, the reviews on this site do hold up my theory that oven roasted turkey is the absolute worst fucking flavor <laughs> that could possibly be made because there are 32 reviews and it is the only the only variety of spam with less than 4 stars, 3 and a half. Um Criminally, criminally, spam garlic, spam with cheese, and spam with tocino seasoning do not have any reviews, which is really making me think mm. I need to be the first review on all three of those. God yeah. damn it. Um, so the only- so when, when, when I was in Germany, they would do this thing called Lieberkäsen, which mm-hmm. was basically like, if you imagine a hot dog, but in low form, mm-hmm. and it would have, they would have like a pizza Lieberkäsen, which had some like pepperoni and cheese like in it, and- it was always Thursdays at like nine o'clock. Everyone would take a break, go to the lunchroom and buy a slice of this Lieberkäsen. You'd put some, maybe put some curry powder, some shit on it. And people love this. And I, it looked like spam. I think it's just German spam. Probably. So maybe the Germans love spam. Maybe, maybe they were making that good homemade sous vide spam. Yes. That everyone talks about. Oh shit. Oh my God. The one star reviews on the spam, on the, <laughs> Roasted turkey spam are just <laughs> ridiculous. I'm actually more intrigued by the one-star reviews of spam because I feel like if you eat it and you are the type of person who might review spam, do you have to have a certain expectation going in? And if it is so much lower than your expectation of what spam would taste like, well, this you is want the to give it a one-star. The oven-roasted turkey spam. So, and apparently, this seems to be a real uh, new Coke situation. <laughs> because it looks to, it looks like, um, I think, maybe a year ago or so, they reformulated the oven, the oven roasted turkey spam away from 100% white meat. And um, someone's blaming consultants. Classic. Uh, yeah, yeah, we, we all know that it. shit. My family and I have bought this ever since it was released. Not anymore. I have always told everyone I knew how good it was. Apparently, you've never met this person. Uh, by the way, the headline of this was, you ruined it. Um, <laughs> now, after all these years, nobody I know can stand it. Just like that, you ruined a great product. Whoever you hired with such short-sighted greed obviously has no sense of how many years it takes to cultivate a brand. Generations have trusted. Furthermore, <laughs> brand-destroying fools such as this shows the complete lack of business understanding for the nature of this historic company. Again, the Hormel Company. Big, big, big boys. And most likely any notion of pride in one's workmanship. My guess is a 
consulting firm. Hey, but as long as you hit those metrics, right? Michael, it's people like you, consultants, who give spam a bad name. You son of a bitch. <laughs> I do remember when they called us in and they're like, hey, what should we do about this roasted turkey? Because it costs too much to make. To put mm-hmm. 100% white meat in this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, hey, you know what? Just don't put 100% white meat. And I made like $3 million for that. The taste is repugnant. Wound up feeding it to the dogs outside. We'll not get this again. I'm trying. That's what you've done, Michael, to a, a, a storied company. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to figure out if they, if Hormel breaks out very specifically what the profit numbers are for spam. I want to know, and Michael, I do want to make it clear. I'm not dunking on anyone who eats spam because, again, I have been there, and I am going to eat some pumpkin spice real soon. Um, but man, I can't. I cannot recommend it as a food stuff. <laughs> that's all. That's all I can say. Uh, MSN money. <laughs> Trump's trade war tariffs are eating spam profits at Hormel. There we go. Another, another victim. Mm-hmm. That's probably why I had to change up the formula. The U.S. stockpile of frozen pork, beef, and poultry has climbed to over 2.5 billion pounds. Christ. This is... What are we doing here? <laughs> why, why are Americans bad at just food and everything? Like, why, we, don't know, we don't know the meaning of, like, moderation for anything. Like if you if you like if you like bacon, you just eat nothing but bacon. If you like smoking, you just do nothing but smoke. Like pe- people don't understand that you can just like mix in shit. Like yeah. you you don't have you don't have to go ham on everything. You don't have to, but isn't it better? Isn't it more fun? <laughs> like mi- mix in a vegetable or something, man. Michael, I got to talk to you about workplace tensions. Mm. Have you ever had a fight? With an office bro, just someone like, you, you know, you get along with them, but man, they just, I don't know, they sneezed in your lunch or something. And you're just like, hey, it's fight time now. <laughs> I've never had a physical fight, but I Have will. Have you ever had to settle a, a difference, but like with non-physical, well, not fight means. <laughs> I I do remember the day after the election, the the twenty the 2016 election the day after that yeah we all know what you were talking about bud <laughs> uh, I walked in and e- everyone everyone was just so depressed like it was just mm-hmm. such a sad office we, I worked for a nonprofit that a lot of people there had previously worked on the Obama campaign or in his administration mm-hmm. um, it was an Obama initiative the Manufacturing USA there was one man this little like five foot five like napoleon complex asshole who just i saw him at the at the coffee and he was like hey how's it going and i was just i looked at him and i was just like no and i walked away and i was like if you are happy today it means one of two things either you're a complete idiot in which i don't want to ever talk to you again or two you're happy or at least indifferent about the election results and then i want to kill you Mm -hmm. and so um yeah that that like i didn't like him that much to begin with but at that point like he became a mortal enemy of mine i don't know if he knew this or not but he was he was definitely going to be the first to go if i had to 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 take someone out michael i'd like to raise an alternate solution that may maybe won't fully soothe the tensions between you and little little napoleon over there um, who may or may not have voted for our Cheeto man president. Um, Michael, if I were to say two words to you, I'm going to say them to you in a moment. Uh, I need your 
immediate reaction to it. Okay. Uh, nipple sumo. <laughs> <laughs> That's nipple sumo. I don't know what that means, but just those two words together are hilarious. Would you like me to read it in a sentence? Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna need. I'm gonna need a, the origin, and, and I'm gonna need you to use it in a sentence. The origin, as you may not be surprised, is uh, Japan. Mm. Um, in a in a sentence, can a bout of nipple sumo soothe worth workplace tensions between office bros? Nipple. Su- okay, so sumo wrestling. Yeah, let's work through this. Is it's a word problem. It's it's you, you. It's a a traditional wrestling match where you get in the circle and you put couple your, big boys. It doesn't have to be though necessarily. But if we're but really doing it right, yeah, typically we're getting some big lads in yeah. there. Um, some absolute you, you units. Put the, they put their fist down, and the other guy puts his fist down, and then they go at it, and you try to push the other guy out out of the circle. Mm-hmm. I cannot imagine like their nipples are already out, so it's not even like oh, it's shirtless sumo wrestling, and you just call it nipples because you know nipples out. Okay. Um, but now, what if I were to tell uh, you, Michael, that it's okay? And let's so we're starting with so the you're just smashing big nipples against each other. We're not okay. So yeah, Michael, we're not smushing nips. Okay. We're not doing that yet. Okay. But okay, so you're you're there though. You're okay. You're you're the traditional sport, two big lads shirtless just facing off. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now what? Sometimes if, they slap each other, and it is loud. It is loud. So Michael, now I want you to really think about the. Let's say the inverse of sumo wrestling. So the in sumo wrestling, it's Wouldn't just, that just two be MMA. It's like skinny no, dudes no, 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 punching no. each other. No, hold on. So it's not just two absolute units trying to smush up against each other and push the other one outside of a circle. Let's think about two skinny lads, and like the circle is pretty defined. Trying and to they're just pull people outwards. into the circle. Yeah, maybe. In- Let's just think about what, like, maybe they start really far apart. <laughs> maybe, maybe clamps are involved. Oh no! Oh no! Are you you clip the nipples together and then you pull like a tug of war? Yeah, man, you nailed it. Oh fuck me! So this my is nipples are just thinking about that. I'm gonna send you a picture of the apparatus, which. For the listeners at home, as soon as Michael sees this, I, I will clue you in on. Um, can this we talk- is a homemade. This is a homemade nipple sumo kit, if you will. Can we Michael talk about checkers. nipples for for a hot second? Yeah, let's talk about nips. Oh God, all, this, this is terrifying. This is ter- it looks like it looks like a, a Hobby Lobby version yeah. of like uh, jumper cables. Yep. Yeah. Um. So we did the Army Ten Miler a couple yeah. years ago. Your for your ill-fated campaign to win a right. hot tub on your roof. But it was like abnormally hot and humid because it was like supposed to rain and it kind of did for like a half second, but then it was just 90% humidity and about 90 degrees. It was so hot and humid that they canceled, quote unquote, canceled the race and told people not to finish. Yeah. I had never, I had ran long distances leading up to that for training, but I, I'd never run in that kind of weather. Oh, okay. So you hadn't my had my nip nipples chafed. chafed so bad; they hurt so bad for several days afterwards. I had to buy like nipple cream and stuff. And no joke, to this day, if it is cold outside and my nipples get hard, they hurt. My nipples have been Michael, permanently damaged. 
if if anything is a reason for you to take to Rachel to be like, I actually deserve this hot tub because I need to keep my nips warm <laughs> during the cool, the cold, brutal Chicago winters. <laughs> I'm in pain, my sweet darling wife. I am I am hurting left and right, left and right. <laughs> nips. Left and right. Mostly the need, right one, though. I need to go soak. Well, Michael, that's, I mean. That's so I can't clearly, even imagine doing this. So, I mean, you clearly, you never trained in the brutal Florida heat because on my longer training runs back when, like, I was trying to do, like, my half marathon training, like, I never came home with, like, full-out bleeds, but, like, your nips get all cut up. It's bad. Why Why do people do this? Like, I played basketball for hours, for six hours, and my nipples don't shave. I mean, it's just the terrible sweat. And if you have any sort of graphic print on the front, because I used to every once in a while I would run with like the classic Cushing Pools like mm-hmm, T-shirt. Mm-hmm. If you have any print on the front of that shirt, you're getting you're going to be torn up. See, mine was worse with the athletic shirt, like the dry fit, because mm. it was like mm-hmm. at least if the shirt gets wet, like you have some kind of like because it, it's wet and then it gets cold. But like the dry fit, it's just dry. It is just dryness rubbing up on your sweaty nipples. For 10 miles. Yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, at that point, just blast your nips out. I I should have. I should have taken off the shirt. Mm-hmm. I waited too long. I waited until like mile eight before I was like, no, I got to get the shirt off. You need to give the people what they want, bud. Mm. Anyway, back to, back back to, to nipple sumo. <laughs> nipple sumo. So, Michael, this um, why, apparently. Why nipple sumo and not tug of nipple? I mean, so it is from it is from Japan. So, oh, good point. Yeah, right. You know, this is their. But there, it's like yeah, the it's exact some... opposite of sumo. Yeah, which is, I mean, it's a nice inversion of it, though. It's like, so basically, well, so first of all, for some reason, it's the, the confrontation started by both of them taking their shirts off, showing off their cool nips. And then uh, they decided because they weren't really mad at each other, but like they wanted to be, that they would take turns like field goal kicking each other in the ass. So they did that. Um, <laughs> that's a pretty good pictures from it. Um and then they just uh, clipped in their nips into like a clothesline with two pretty serious uh, cl- clothes hangers. And then, um, what type of business was this? That this this was happening? It I assume a, at it work? appears to be a digital agency. It just appears oh, to be your typical yeah. like web development agency. Yep, that um, makes sense. So basically, everyone each people they clip in. There's a rope of about or a string of about uh, six feet between each other, and then you basically have to slowly back up. And whoever, I guess, either gives up or the clamps pop off first loses. It rips off your nipple. Or if you, or if the if the clip rips your nip off, yeah. <sighs> it's funny to think that, like, you think that we wouldn't have done this in college if we had known. A hundred percent, I would have not done this. Yeah, we would have done it on our dicks or something. <laughs> God, this picture. <laughs> No, no. See, I did not. I did not. I have a uh, I have a fear of pain. Like I've tried to do like skateboarding or like, you know, the the BMX and the half pipe or like I I can't do any of that stuff because like I fall one time and I hurt myself. I'm like, nah, this isn't worth it. Yeah, there is there is that a little bit because so like I do not give a single fuck about embarrassment. Like I will do literally anything sure. other than like run around with my dick out uh i've done that bear. no you know that that's my line i do not you've never care done about you never you never gone streaking 
nah, it wasn't my thing. Cause I used to be, I used to be a chunky boy, so I was embarrassed about that. Yeah. Um, but like physical, like the Schmabamblope that we used to run at Dead's house. <laughs> I finished that race by shoving my face into a, a cake because I was like, yeah, whatever. I don't give a fuck. Sure. I do this show and talk about dick bones left and right. I don't really think it's possible to embarrass me at this point. But the barest modicum of pain, I'm like, no, I'm out. I don't need to do that. Yep. I'm a grown man. Yep. I'm not interested. Mm-hmm. Solve my problem in literally any other way. I don't care. I'll sing karaoke for nine straight hours. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. We did. We did that. But please don't flick my nipple. It hurts for bad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's part of the reason that I don't like to get drunk anymore is because I like I've gotten to, to the point where when I wake up in the morning, I feel terrible. I'm in pain. That's because you you have been known to just disappear from bars and then just like punch walls when like the the gators lose or something because you you inflict harm on your your own body. I, I did that once and I will never yeah. do it again because it hurts so badly. Live, well, yeah. <laughs> Punching brick walls is bad for it you. It wasn't a brick wall. It was a very. It was. It was a a drywalled wall. And if I had hit like six inches to the left or right, no stud. No stud. Sometimes there's studs. Sometimes there's studs. And you know, honestly, I have never been more thankful for that than when I accidentally dove down some stairs. <laughs> accidentally dove down some stairs and um, put my shoulder through a dead's wall, and I hit a stud with my shoulder. If I hadn't, I would have hit headfirst into his uh, washing machine. I will say the worst part, the worst, the worst things that happen when I do hurt myself, it's typically because I'm an idiot and I do something and then I hurt myself and I was like, I had no idea that might lead to pain. Mm-hmm. If I had known, I wouldn't have done this. Right. If, had I known collecting pig semen from a wild boar <laughs> would be dangerous. From, from 30 to 50 feral <laughs> hogs would hurt me potentially. I wouldn't have done it. That's why when I see people doing these things where they're like, they do the ultra marathons or, you know, the tough mutters where they're like going through 30 degree water and like there's shocks and shit. And like, I signed up for a tough mutter once. I paid for it. And then as it got closer to it, I was like, nah, though, I don't want to do any of that. No. So I was on uh, the AV club the other day and there's a headline for an article that had like nine paragraphs that linked to like another like a page six article that was huge and the headline is just jackass took a hell of a toll on its cast it's like yeah no shit i don't want to hear any of those ding-dongs complaining about how badly their bodies work now because they did every single one of those it's like no thanks actually i was dicking around on youtube the other day and i there was a um so there's a couple of YouTube channels where they'll do like, oh, this actor like breaks down their most iconic roles or it'll be like a real CIA agent breaks down like disguises in movies or some shit. Well, there was one that was like Johnny Knoxville breaks down like all of his injuries in in like the jackass and related movies and TV shows. And like some of the some of the stuff that happened to him and that he did willingly is like it's mind-boggling oh it's bananas i mean it's like like the the article framed it as like they were all just competing for airtime so they just had to do increasingly ridiculous shit but like aaron mcgahey had 25 surgeries including three broken backs how many times would how many times would have to break your back for you to be like "Eh, i think i'm out negative one yeah (laughs) johnny knoxville he did the thing where he was supposed to ride this rocket and it broke 
and it exploded and the rods from inside the rocket shot out of the rocket body and one was literally three inches from his sternum. Like, how did no one on that show die? So, no joke. I used to, so when I worked for my dad and my uncle's pool business, there's a section of a pool building process. So, if you're familiar with it, Michael, you may not be, but like, so they frame out the pool in with, rebar. Yeah, with the re- they bend the so rebar like the up. iron yeah. bar. So they bend rebar and it just like, it shoots straight up into the air and then they put a uh, mortar board behind it basically and frame out like the shape of the pool in this like flexible, like thick cardboard. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they come through and shoot the gunite, the like concrete against the board and it floats up like around the pool. And then there are about... What is the difference between six- the gunite and the marsite? Well, the marsite... Uh, coats the outside of the of the gun. So that's that that's the stuff that is not waterproof, right? Or that is the that's the like the water sealant. The marsite is the sealant. Okay. Yeah. Um. So, so after that, there are about six to twelve inches of rebar from the framing that stick up above the pool, like the pool wall. Mm-hmm. So, but the pool is still framed out by two by fours that were holding up the the board, and then it's outlined by a probably two foot wide pit around the rest of the pool. So there's just like a gap of two feet of dirt, like empty dirt that you have to, so the pool cures, the gunite cures for like two weeks. And then some 17 year old asshole <laughs> named Mikey Cushing <laughs> needs to go out there. Mikey Mookie. There's a, Mikey Mookie Cushing. And there's a process where you have one foot on the packed earth that no one dug out. And then you have one foot on the pool wall, which has, 12 inches of rebar sticking up, spaced out every six inches. Your typical safe environment. And then the pool is framed out by two by fours, which are also sticking out a foot, 24 inches. And and those are spaced out about every six feet or so. So you have to take, again, old Mikey Mookie, takes a a 15-pound sledgehammer standing precariously (laughs) with feet a gape over a two foot gap between <laughs> packed earth and a concrete wall and knock the shit out of a two by four. So you knock it off 12 feet of concrete <laughs> that it's been uh, nailed to. You have to knock that out. That takes about three blows. And then you have to pull the two by four up out of the ground and out, off the side of the wall. Once you knock it off out of the nails, uh-huh. there's a lot of forces going different directions. And sometimes the boards don't move. So you hit a 15 pound sledgehammer against a two by four and it doesn't move, <laughs> which makes you move. You move. <laughs> and again, you're surrounded by one, a two foot, two foot pit on one side or a two foot wide pit that goes down 10 feet in dirt. And then on your right hand side is the pool, which is concrete that goes down between four and eight feet. And then in the middle is just a row of spikes. <laughs> It's like Mortal Kombat, basically. And I cannot count how many times I ripped a shirt. Almost, I fell past some past those spikes. I I think I almost broke my knee falling into a pool before. Here's a, here's just a, a thing here's my a, dad let me do for minimum wage. Here's a here's a maybe maybe it's an obvious question. Why don't you cut the rebar once you're done doing the 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 old gunite? Why do you leave it there while it's curing, sticking up 12, 12 inches? Why don't you just cut it's it off? It's still And then you get, I think, I think it just gets bent downward and then you get, you pour the deco, like the rest uh, of the deco. Why not bend yeah. it downward beforehand? Oh, because it's still in the gunite while it's curing. Yeah. Why not bend it? You're already bending it to the shape of the pool. Why not bend the top one over? Listen, man, or like I'm put, not. So like, 
at construction sites where there are OSHA requirements, um, they put these little plastic thing caps on top that uh, they stick into it, and they're really big. They're about three inches a- across, so that if you fall on them, you don't die. Yeah, it's funny you think that, one, my dad would have cared about that, and two, <laughs> didn't hear that I said I earned a minimum wage. <laughs> hey, at least you got minimum wage. Yeah. He was your dad. He could have paid you a lot less. <laughs> you know what? I'm shocked. He actually did pay my brother less than I did. That was nice. I got a raise for over my brother. Um, well, Michael, I think that's going to do it for us this week on Trends in the Place, unless you had a, a final story you wanted to get to. I got one, just one final quick story as a palate cleanser. Mm-hmm. So apparently the U.S. Department of Transportation has um, basically said they, they've they've issued all these new guidelines about um, service animals, right? Because mm-hmm. people try to bring on like service guinea pigs and shit. Well, they have determined that service ponies, tiny mm-hmm. horses, are acceptable to fly on airlines and they have to Good. allow them as service animals. So that means that you could get on a plane... And be sharing your row with a little Sebastian. I feel like they have to only be able to fly in like bulkhead seats, maybe. <laughs> I mean, these are all in the pictures are definitely in bulkhead seats. But it's like the most adorable fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. You're just, okay. Yeah. I'm very into this. Um, yeah. I will say one, the idea of a big old pony with like small pony. Sitting in an airline seat, just kind of hanging out like like a dog in the back seat, like with the seatbelt on, is very funny to me. But these these things are cute, and also I'm like, you know what? Yeah, bring your little horse on board, but don't bring your fucking uh, service iguana. No, so I'm not buying that. No, nah. and so they're they're two to three feet tall, weighing about a hundred pounds. Did you know that they live to be like thirty five years or or older though? I didn't know that. Like That's amazing. We've been talking about getting another dog, but like. Why not get it a little pony that will live with you until the end of time? Exactly. I mean, like, it might outlive me. Yeah. Well, that's so that's the thing. I don't know if we've talked about this on the, this podcast, but like one someone I used to kind of work with, like he so I worked at the Chamber of Commerce and he uh, uh, was like an ambassador for us, would be at a lot of events. But like one of the first things I when he came to an event, he said he had like uh, some large bird. And I was talking, I was like, oh, that's interesting. Uh, and he's like, yeah, they live to be about 80 years old. It's like, why the fuck would you buy a pet that will outlive you? <laughs> like that you know will outlive you. Yeah. Especially a bird. It's like getting a giant that- turtle that's going to live to be like 280 years old. But at least a turtle just like sits there and you, you throw celery at it and it's fucking fine. <laughs> but like, I, I can't imagine passing on a bird, a creature that really no one likes. To a loved one, be like, take care of this big dumb bird. It's gonna live for another four. It might outlive you. Yeah, and birds, birds don't do it for me. No, like they're they're I'm, fine. I guess they're they're weird looking. They're they're cool I'm looking. Gl- but like, listen, having I'm a bird. So I'm so glad birds exist. Sure. If a bird gets into my house, I'm hitting it to death with a broom. <laughs> if a turtle gets into my house, I'm feeding it all at once, and I'm going to slowly take it back to a canal. I've had a couple. So my my great aunt and uncle had a had a cockatiel, and that thing was mean as fuck. Then I had mm-hmm. a, a friend who had like a little parrot, and that thing was mean as fuck. And it said mean things to me and called me fat and said, uh, you're not allowed to read Goosebumps. Like, <laughs> fuck you, bird. Hey, you know who's a cop? This bird. We may be going just a bit too far when emotional support ponies are allowed aboard aircraft. Patrick Gray at Pat Gray Jr. 
You're yeah, a Packer you're the a fucking, fucking FBI. And not even because the Department of Transportation said it was okay. You're an yeah. ass. You just suck. You just suck. Who, who is like, who gets on a fucking plane with a tiny pony and is like, oh, I can't believe you let this fucking thing on here. Fuck off. It's a tiny pony. Like, hell yeah. There's a fucking big dog on this thing. Oh, I would or have rather flown on a random, random normal flight where nothing happens. Or, like, the best I could hope for was some asshole in road 20, like 27C was listening to music out loud on their phone without <laughs> headphones. You know what? A horse would go bite their phone in half. That's awesome. Like, when like, people bring dogs on the plane, I'm like, fuck yeah. I get to hang out with a dog for this flight? This is dope. Hey, I'm going to pitch this. Every Sky, Mar- Sky Marshal should be a horse. Oh, yes. And if you, if you cause trouble, this horse kicks you in the face. Yeah. Or bites your phone in half. Or brings you a drink. Either one. Whatever you need. Because the horse does what it needs to do because it's a service horse. It's a service horse. Whatever service you need to be provided, whether it is a kick to the chest or a beverage, horse going to give it to you. This little pony going to give it to you. And he's perfectly sized for an airplane. Yep. You should know that the guidance, though, only allows airlines to specifically ban snakes, reptiles, ferrets, rodents, and spiders. Oh, my God. If somebody brought on a fucking spider, we're... We're fighting. We're sumo. We're sumo nippling for sure. I feel like if someone brought a big boy spider, or even a little boy, actually, especially a little boy. Oh, spider. Oh no, a big a boy spider would like, be way better than a little boy spider. Yeah, if there was a little boy spider that someone brought, I was like, "This is my friend." Um, they're like, "No, sorry, guess what? Um, we're gonna skip nipple sumo, and I just get to punch you in the head, and then throw. I actually get to open the exit door yep. at thirty five thousand feet and get the spider f- to fuck. He's gone. Oh yeah, sorry. you too, though, with it. And like and ferrets, you know have we you ever lose... seen a ferret like in real life? Yeah, one of my, uh, not a friend, but like someone I grew up with, like I went to church with, like they just had ferrets uh, in like a, not a cage, but like a little den outside. Mm-hmm. They had like mm-hmm. f- five ferrets in like a crate. And I, I just remember kindergarten cop really, just Arnold was all about them. My girlfriend in high school that I dated for five and a half years had two ferrets. And apparently and I did not years, see huh? this. I did not see this as a as a red flag or a warning sign at all. Hmm. <laughs> Although Rachel did have a snake. Yeah. Um I will so, say I would not have moved in with Rachel, your now wife, if uh the snake had come along into the house. I actually would have It would have um, it, it escaped all the time. It was it was basically a Houdini, Houdini snake. We found it she found it in uh the air conditioning vents of her car. He found it in the printer. One time. I'll say this. If she had moved in, or I guess I moved in with her. So if the snake had been there, um, it would have disappeared. End of sentence. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to lie. I didn't, I didn't really care one way or the other about snakes, but like, they're kind of dope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I don't in ever general, want one, but like, again, again, sure. two things I'm so glad exist. Birds, love them. Mm-hmm. Snakes, Cool, man. Yeah. Do your thing, Snake. I, you're like, oh, here. It might be the devil. I don't care. Don't be in my house ever, <laughs> or I will kill you with a broom. That's it. Oh, speaking of spiders, did I ever tell you about the one time <laughs> that a this giant big daddy spider was uh, in the house, the 505 house? It crawled up on the leg of the couch. I hit it with a shoe, and it exploded into a billion tiny baby spiders. That actually happened? Yes. I, I swear to God, like... I remember I remember it so clearly that like 
I keep thinking like, oh, this must have been a dream because that doesn't really happen. But like other people were there. Yeah, yeah I yeah. wanted to burn it to the ground. The house, the whole entire house. Michael, the good thing is that could have bit you on the tongue and then your tongue could have exploded into 45,000 spiders. Yeah. Because that happens all the time. I've read about it. Yep. It could have crawled in my earlobe and lived there. I got to be honest with you. If I saw that, I don't think I would live on this planet. <laughs> it was. Oh, God, it was. Just, it was. It was, I, was I already about don't to ch- like little. I don't like swarms of little things like we we were on a kayak trip. <laughs> Who likes swarms of little things? But like we were on this kayak trip and they were like, oh, sometimes these little crabs come out. I was like, oh, cool crabs. But then there were these tiny like one to two inch crabs and there was just hundreds of them doing their little crab walk. And it it made me. Like it hurt viscerally. It was it was like looking at one of those like those pictures with all the tiny little holes. Yeah. Oh god, it it just I mean, we made our our real fun jokes about 30 to 50 feral hogs last week. If I was ever involved in a swarm of 30 to 50 anything Mm -hmm. of any size, including hogs, (laughs) I would I would poop my whole pants. What? Yeah, well see, like I don't know if the hogs would bother me as much because i've seen like you know i wouldn't be as well here's the thing i think that there's a sliding scale from unsettling (laughs) to terrifying i feel like there's a there's a size though there's like a certain size where the animals get to where it's like i do not want to see 30 to 50 swarm i don't want to see a swarm of that but it was like swarm of puppies okay cool dope let's bring bring on the swarm of puppies A, a field full of sheep just all standing next to each other Cool. I like that. How many puppies would it take in a swarm for you to be like, maybe I should get out of here? I don't I don't think there's an upper limit. You don't think there's a number? Okay. I mean, like, if there were so many that it literally suffocated me to death, I would be like, well, this is a this great is how way God to go. meant me to go. Michael, it's been lovely talking with you, buddy. Everyone, if you liked this episode, you can find out more information at goodbuddymedia.com. Um go back and listen to episode six, All Star but with a bone. You know what? Actually, if you if you haven't listened back, go to every single episode except start at episode four. Three's fine. Don't listen to one or two. We should delete those actually. <laughs> um, but like honestly, if I had to say, if we had a, a a just a home run stretch of this show, it's episodes four through like fifteen. Yeah, I mean the the, the six six through ten. That's I, I think I was looking back in episode 12, Father Ralph's Demon Emporium. <laughs> <laughs> Might be an all, all-time classic banger of an episode. We were on a pretty hot run from like 4 to 20. Yeah. I'm really yeah. Um, but yeah, you can find more information at goodbuddymedia.com. We are trying to get back into our, our sister show, uh, Longest Days of Our Lives, in which Michael and I are good buddy Curtis are listening to, watching, and then talking about every episode I'm of the show we're listening to it in, you know what, honestly, I think we might just do like a three episode burst where we just talk about three hours at once. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a nine hour like megasode. Yeah. Yep. It's probably the, the way to do it. We might um, actually, it might be, I think it would be less than the full like three episode length. Probably. Because a lot no. of it is just talking shit. All of it is talking shit. Yeah, that's a good point. So nine yeah, hour, nine hour, 24 ganza. It's 90% Tom Hanks talk. <laughs> Um, you know, Michael, I've also been thinking about blogging. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm, you know what? I'm gonna recommit to the blog. You are, yeah. All right, it's gonna happen. Me too. I'm with you, buddy. No, no promises that'll be about anything that anyone's in it. It might just be about my dog. I might just talk about, hey, my dog did a thing. Yeah, but 
there might be content up soon. Look out for that. Maybe Michael, we can, can maybe we can get that? um people to help us with the blog. I don't want that. <laughs> like your sister could just put up pu- new puppy pictures. She did get a new puppy. Was it R- um, Riley? Riley. They named it something normal mm. instead of Boba McGinnis the <laughs> Fourth. <laughs> it is. It is. It looks like a young baby Staley, and so I I have mercy upon their souls. Yeah. She seems fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Well, apparently... Aside um, from the chewing on things. So, again, so I think I think we might have told you on the show that, like... So, their last dog, Boba McGinnis Third. I think my brother and I, like, drunkenly suggested at, like, the <laughs> Ale House in Gainesville, because they couldn't think of a name for the longest time. And then... <laughs> Like my sister was like vaguely we were like, yeah, we might name him like uh like call her Gilly, short for guillotine. <laughs> and I was just like, Yeah, that way you could like write the rich on her food bowl. And they're like, She's just like, Yeah, we're doing it. I was like, No, stop. <laughs> just get a normal name for your dog, you ding dongs. Uh part of the reason we finally settled on a name for Staley was because uh Rachel's roommate started calling him Rusty Foreskin Atwater the Third. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were like, we're just going to call him that until you come up with a name. So we, we very quickly came up with a name, which. I would have gone with Rusty, to be honest with you. <laughs> that's what, well, that was his name when we got him from the from the Humane Society. Yeah. His name was Rusty. And we're like, no, that's so, that's dumb. Also, was my sister's boyfriend at the time was named Rusty. Right. So that made it weird. Yeah. But it was a real piece of shit. Like, Staley definitely wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Staley was the goodest boy in the world the when he was boy. when you were in the room with him, mm-hmm. watching him with both eyes. Yes, <laughs> Michael. How else can people help us out? You can help us out by finding us on all the social medias: Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at tilpcast. Um, send us a message there, uh, but only on Instagram or or Twitter because Facebook sucks at literally everything. So we might find out three months later that you sent us a message. Um, you can also find us on all the podcast apps, um, the big ones and small ones and everywhere in between uh, just by searching for Trends in Low Places. And please smash that subscribe button. Put your little pony hoof on it. <laughs> give us a subscribe. And if you would be ever so kind to give us a rating or a review, that would be awesome as well. Yeah. Michael, do you remember when we started this show? One of the reasons episode one is so bad. Was because the original conceit of this show was that we would look at trending topics on social media yep. and just with no context try to guess yep. that took what one. was going on. It took one. The first story, the first story I walked right into a, a fun leukemia gap. That was a good one. <laughs> um, so I just saw that Denmark was trending. Yes. And I assumed because of all the good pictures that's overflowing yeah. its borders. Michael, apparently our very smart president wants to buy Greenland from Denmark. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. We're all going to die. Yep. Michael, it's been lovely talking with you, buddy. Love you, buddy. Love you, too. Toodles. It's the end of the world, you know.